Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. ...one another that uh, they, they stood erect on the basis of uh, redemption, a, a, an individual experience, uh, certainly, uh, but then that uh, needed to come in relationship one next to the other, that you and I, though we can be saved and uh, have an experience with Jesus, if we're going to stand, we need each other. We need to assemble and we need to be together because we will not stand unless we are united one with another. Okay. And uh, the third. The five poles. Okay. Good. The five poles. And what were the, what did we see that as a picture of? Apostles, teachers, evangelists, pastors, Okay. So let's put that under a heading of headship leadership in the church that without uh, this uh, here then we would be every board would be tossed to and fro and uh, would have this uh, experience and so stability requires if you and I are going to be stable if you and I are going to stand and be the tabernacle of God be the place of God's expression in the earth then we're going to have to stand on our redemption we're going to have to be related one to another we're going to have to be in right relation to headship or we'll be tossed to and fro and we will be in in desperate trouble someone find us Ephesians 4 uh, 11 and uh, and following 11 to 16 someone Ephesians 4 Woody could you find that for us now while he's finding that what was the way we went over it very quickly and perhaps not carefully enough how were these poles held in their respective places Dennis okay and gold rings what is that a picture of okay so we're talking about, whoops, we're talking about God holding headship, holding leadership in its place. Now that has a, a couple of implications that we can look at on either side. What, what might those be? Brother Copeland? Okay, so we have that center pole uh, that we did uh, give to, uh, was a symbol of the evangelist. Whatever way you turn that, uh, whatever way you read the list, there was always the evangelist uh, and that evangelism that ran through that entire structure. Good. Okay, there are two implications here. If God holds leadership in its place, then there are a couple of implications that that uh, would have for us. Amen. This is not up to the 
decisions of, uh, of men. This is not up to the, the whims of uh, popularity and, and uh, of, of carnal understanding, that this is something held there by God. All right, good. Now, something else. What's the other thing? If God is holding and God only, then what does that tell you and I, if we're going to be leaders in the church or leaders in the church of Jesus Christ, what's the implication there? Okay, good, good. And I think this, this fits in excellently with what, what Jeff has said. The implication is, is that if God's not going to hold you there, then you're not going to be held there. If you think that, uh, that by your expertise by your <coughs> ability to manipulate people, by your ability to exploit people, that somehow you're going to be able to find a niche and a place in the tabernacle of God, then you're sadly mistaken. You're going to have to do business with God. You're going to have to be God's man. You're going to have to uh, line up with God because He's the one that will hold you in place. And if you're not going to be right with God, and if you're not going to go God's way, then you're not going to find yourself uh, uh, staying uh, with a very credible part in the tabernacle of God. All right, good. We're going to move this morning to the golden candlestick. The golden candlestick, Exodus chapter 25. Gets on here. Yes. Amen. Golden candlestick. Uh, candlestick. So here we are in the tabernacle proper. We have the uh, most holy place where you have the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. And then in here you've got the golden altar or the altar of incense. Here you have the table of showbread. And right here you have the... Looking down on this now, this is the golden candlestick. And so this is where it is in relation to the whole. We have our outside cord as we've seen before here. And right here is our golden candlestick. Amen. If you see that, that's right there. Amen. And so, uh, let's read that uh, beginning at verse 31. Someone read that, chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. Okay. Now, the last uh, piece of furniture we talked about was the brazen laver. And we weren't told anything about its dimensions or, you know, exactly what that was supposed to look like. We're pretty much left to speculation. And yet here, this golden candlestick, we have the most ornate and uh, intricately described uh, piece uh, that we've looked at thus far. Now, because uh, of this, uh, the intricacy of this, it, it's a little bit difficult to uh, reproduce for you. 
But what, uh, if you'll notice, it's talking about a candlestick that uh, runs like this. You've got a, a base on it, I'm sure. You've got one candlestick. It's got uh, a thing like, uh, like an almond. Uh, it has uh, flour around it, and it has uh, what it, they called the uh, the knops. Uh, is that just let me the uh, I'm sorry, I just yes, okay. Uh, we've got three bowls made like unto almonds with a knop and a flower on one branch. And uh, so we've got this that's, uh, that's taking, uh, you know, that's a horrible picture, but that, that's, that's what it looks like. And then out of that, we have the things coming out on either side made the same way. you get the get the picture here yes okay and so each of these has its thing on the top and if you'll notice that also there'll be the other design uh, you notice it said one under every two branches and one under every two branches that there'd be another uh, representation of this right here and so all of these are made here so it's a candlestick, not that holds uh, a wax candle, uh, but that which holds oil. And there is a wick that would come out of, uh, of each one. And this is what uh, you've got the wick uh, clippers and other things that are involved. But this is what you're looking at. This is a uh, golden uh, candlestick uh, that is made completely out of one hunk of gold. Now you can imagine the work that's involved in this. They, they couldn't just uh, make a mold and then pour some things in and make every single branch and then stick them all together. That the man who did this was helped by the Holy Ghost to make this out of one piece of gold and beat it, and beat it, and form it, and shape it, mold it, until it became this one thing. That was quite a job. Quite, uh, and God was very adamant about this, and so there's, uh, there's reasons that we'll see for that as we move on. So we're talking about uh, one talent, that this is 125 pounds of gold. So at 500 dollars an ounce. I don't know what gold is these days. Anybody know what gold is? 373. All right. <laughs> Amen. 373 an ounce. Still a uh, valuable piece of furniture. Amen. Don't want kids playing with it. You don't want uh, uh, it, uh, anything to happen to it. This is a valuable, valuable piece uh, of a furniture, highly or ornamental, amen.
and this, as we said, was placed upon the south wall, and part of what the priests had to do was to keep the uh, oil filled in these and to keep the wicks trimmed uh, so there's not uh, uh, the ashes that are uh, uh, getting so long that it can't uh, burn brightly. And this is the picture, and so this is obviously with the, uh, with the reason for this is the giving of light. Amen. And so we want to look at some scriptures. We want to see some things about this. Zechariah 4, 1 through 3. Someone... Nobody wants to read the Bible this morning. Okay, <laughs> Brother Mark, amen. Uh, Revelation, Brother Corsi, chapter 1, 12, 13, and 20. Chapter 1, verses 12, 13, and 20. While we're at it, Genesis 4, 26, Rob Kennard, Ken Herman, Exodus 1, 5, and Judges 8, 30, Brother Brunier. Okay, we want to look at this again and is universally uh, so interpreted as you do study, again, as a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, this will become more evident to you as we go on. This is a thing that is uh, done as a type of the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we want to look at that. Zechariah 4, 1 through 3. Okay, and so we have the picture there. Revelation 1, 12, 13, and 20. Okay, so here we have the picture in Zechariah. A uh, little bit different in terms of the illumination where it was pipes that uh, fit, into, uh, fit into the bowls in the tabernacle. We, they did have wicks. Uh, and then picked up again in Revelation and that the seven lampstands, or what we're talking about is this picture here with the seven... Uh, let's, let's just create it here again. With the seven bowls that are on top, the oil to keep that filled that this is, uh, John says, a picture of the seven churches, that this is a revelation and an understanding of the church of Jesus Christ. Okay, now as we read this passage, we noticed that uh, thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made, his shaft and his branches and his knops and his flowers shall be the same. And so in the, we're talking uh, this, that this shaft, this middle section is a very prominent, like this is the candlestick itself uh, and the other things are appendages uh, off of that, uh, but this is uh, the shaft. Now this word shaft is an interesting word in the Hebrew because this shaft is connected uh, with the thoughts of birthing and the thoughts of fruitfulness. And so we want to look at some scriptures just to establish that for us. Genesis 4, 26. Okay, that word born is uh, the similar root to this word shaft. 
Uh, Exodus 1 5. Okay, again, so the same thought, out of the loins, and it's talking uh, with the same uh, word that is used here. Judges 8.30. Okay, and the thought of offspring again. So birthing, the offspring, the fruitfulness, all are tied and linked to this word shaft, and that word has a connotation of fruitfulness. And what we have here is this middle shaft, which is, uh, this is what it, it is all dependent on, which is a picture of the Lord Jesus, and that these other shafts are birthed, literally birthed out of Jesus Christ. That this is a picture of the church is that we have the church born uh, by the Son of God. We've been begotten again uh, by Jesus Christ. And the picture of the church is that here is Jesus that has caused this church to come into being, to be born and to be given life. John 15, verses 1 through 5. Uh, just somebody find that and then hold it for us. John 15, uh, Brother Rod Olmsted. Okay, we have, uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six of these separate, uh, these separate bowls, okay? Uh, and these are all talked about separately. When you read it, it's not just talking about seven. It's talking about the one candlestick and then the six other bowls. Now, six is the picture of man. And uh, uh, man was created on the sixth day in creation. We know that the number 666 is the picture of the exalted man, the man that would rise up, the Antichrist, and this is a, uh, it's the number of a man. Uh, and so we have the picture here that we have Jesus as the center shaft, and then we have the picture of man that is here, and so we have a picture of the church as Jesus united with men, the picture of the church of Jesus Christ. Remember, not that they've been stuck into, that they've been separately molded and separately shaped and then uh, uh, glued on with some super glue or welded on there by somebody, that this is all out of one piece. This is a picture of what God wants to see, the unity uh, and the union between Jesus and His church, that you and I have been brought together uh, in him. Someone read John 15, 1 through 5. I am the true vine, the fire, and they are burned. Okay. And so again, the picture of the vine and the branches, the candlestick and the branches, picture of the unity that exists, the oneness of Jesus and his church. Amen. You and I are the body of Christ. Here's the, again the picture that uh, we have 
Jesus expressing himself through his body, which is the church of Jesus Christ. That this, uh, these are one, these are joined together, that what Jesus will do, He will do through the church. In this, what uh, the revelation of God is given through the church of Jesus Christ. That's God's plan to reveal Himself to the earth uh, is through the church of Jesus Christ. It's interesting to notice that with Jesus and uh, the, uh, this one and the uh, six of man, we uh, come up with the number seven, which, as we know, is a picture of perfection. That when you and I are joined in Jesus to, uh, together with him, then you and I are seen in the eyes of God as perfect. There is a standing of perfection. Now, I know what we're really like. Uh, and that's, that's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about is our standing that when we're joined to Jesus Christ, there is a perfection that is given to us legally uh, that God will use the church of Jesus Christ for His purposes. Amen. Are there any questions before we go on? That's a little bit complicated. This is a complicated part, but we'll move on. Praise God. Amen. And so this, both the giving of light and the fruitfulness are linked to this. Dennis? Okay, $746,000. Not counting labor, which, uh, you know, whatever Benaya got per hour, I don't know, but uh, it, it took a while. Amen. Okay, yeah, this is the only light that there is, and we, we want to look at that. So there, there's coverings that we'll look at uh, when we conclude. Uh, we're not looking at that right now, but, but you're right. Uh, someone over here, Rochelle? <clears throat> Yeah, I have, you know, it's, it's speculation what it doesn't say, but uh, you remember uh, when, the, uh, when Eli and his sons lost the ark, the ark got ripped off when they were conquered by the Philistines. You, uh, you know, there's uh, numbers of, of problems that during the time of Saul, uh, he never sought the Lord at all, that, uh, that the ark was up in Shiloh somewhere, and uh, through a series of, uh, of times of apostasy, times of not seeking the Lord, then, you know, some king may have melted it down for, you know, you know for whatever. But uh, what we find that when it came to making the, the, uh, uh, the temple, that new things had to be made and, and recreated. So who knows? Uh, we're just not told. Ken? Yes, I, well, you don't know that for sure, but most uh, scholars believe that it did. Some of uh, I've seen pictures where where it's been recreated, even uh, something like this, and so uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't give the measurements, but most people assume that it did. Jeff. Okay, we've, uh, we're partakers of the divine nature. This is part of what the gold is, that this, 
this gold that uh, these are made of is a picture of our partaking of the divine nature. And it's also the, uh, this, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the picture of the fruit there, the almonds and the, and the flower and all this is a picture of uh, this, the fruitfulness of Jesus is something that's supposed to be experienced by the church. And so that's, that's good. Excellent. Uh, they're uh, pomegranates that uh, are kind of around here. And again, this is a, we're going to look at that later. But it, it's uh, pomegranate. If you've ever had a pomegranate, it's just full of seeds, right? And so that again is a picture of fruitfulness. So we're going to we're going to get to that. Good. Okay. So the church is calling this morning. We've establish this the church is called therefore to give light this is the calling of the church of jesus christ that to give light which is the revelation of god of god and his will in reality to see the revelation of God and God's will made real. That this is the calling of the church of Jesus Christ. This candlestick was there to give light. That was its purpose. All the valuable gold and everything that's involved and all the intricacies of its working and of its beauty, its purpose was to give light, which is a picture of the revelation of God and His will and reality. Let's look at some scriptures. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. I need to find these quickly. Al Herman, uh, Mike uh, Solano, John 9, 5, Randy Foster, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, uh, Dennis, Luke 2, 32, uh, Victor, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Ephesians 5.8, Ephesians 5.8, uh, Brother Kleppel, and then Rob Kennard to Philippians 2.15. The calling of the church is to give the revelation of God and His will in reality. That is the plan of God to reveal himself to the earth, to reveal his will and himself in reality. His plan for that is the church of Jesus Christ, not simply a Bible of a, of a satellite or a disc or a, or a TV personality, that God's purpose is to reveal Himself and His will through the church, the assembly. This is with a picture of the candlestick. Is God is making Himself known through the church of Jesus Christ. That this uh, oil that would burn is a picture of the Holy Spirit giving the light of the revelation of God, and that is done through the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Okay, fascinating statement. He says it's not God's just going to shine out of heaven and everybody's going to go to God. He says the light's going to shine on you. 
It's through you. At that time, the nation of Israel uh, applied today to the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, through you, people are going to see the light of the glory of God. Amen. John 9, 5. As long as I am in the world, as long as I am in the world. Okay, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Okay, now how do we reconcile these two scriptures? We've got Jesus saying he's the light of the world. And then over here, he's saying that ye are, that we are the light of the world. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the understanding here, Rob? Okay, this is the light of Jesus that is uh, being manifest. Excellent. Anybody else? Sister. Amen. That while he was here, that that was his ministry and his demonstration. But now that he uh, has ascended, he has sent the Holy Spirit to us. And now we have the responsibility to reveal the mind and the person of God to the earth. That's now our responsibility. Good. Uh, Luke 2, uh, 32. Okay, again, the light and the people of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Okay, Ephesians 5, 8. Okay, now you are light. Once you were children of darkness, now you are light. Philippians 2, 15. Philippians 2. Okay, so the picture. Again, we have... The light, the revelation of God and His will, that His way of doing that is through the assembly, through His people. And this is what is being declared, and this is the picture of the lampstand. See, why are we here? We're here to be a witness that by our lives and by our testimony that we can show the way to God. We're called to be God's people. We're called to express the fact that we are the people of God. Now, the problem that we run into is that you can go to any church in town. You can go to any religion in the world and you'll have people saying, we are the people of God. That we say we're the people of God. The Hare Krishnas say we're the people of God or Jehovah Witnesses say we're the people of God. We have a problem here. We need to understand what is involved in being the people of God. Many people have a different interpretation of what this phrase means. But when we say that we are the people of God, we need to... We need to know that that means that we are saying that we are the people that are expressing what God wants us to be. We're the people that the priority of our lives is the design of God for our lives. 
You can have a Pharisee that he says, well, I'm one of the people of God. As he demonstrates legalism and ritual and rules and regulations and all of this, he says, I'm the people of God because by my life I, I follow the law. Then you can uh, say the, the charismatic, he rises up and says, well, we're uh, the people of God because we uh, have the Holy Spirit and, and we just have so much love. We just love everybody. Well, is that the, what God wants uh, as the identity? Legalism, simply an, an ingrown love. The, the picture that God wants for His church the picture that God wants for His people is to give light. So you and I, if we're going to be the people of God, then we need to be involved in the giving of light. That is the call. That the candlestick was beaten, molded, and shaped for one end, one purpose, and that was to give light. He's not talking about, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, how much uh, uh, doctrinal knowledge or how, much, uh, uh, how many spiritual gifts you've got functioning or, or all of these other things. Uh, I'm not putting these things down, uh, but we're talking about the reason that so much labor was placed into this candlestick uh, was to give light, to make God known. That's what we're talking about. Every group of people that is saved, God is working with us to help us to be an even greater revelation of His light, of His purposes in the earth. See, this was not, this thing didn't descend from heaven. This thing didn't come from a, a UFO when it, it took off and there was a, a golden candlestick that was just there. And they said, wow, this is of God. And, uh, and uh, they began to worship it or do something with it. It was made with divine direction by a man. It was made with divine direction by a man that involved in the forming, the shaping of the church of Jesus Christ to be a light, birthed from God, yes, the people of God, yes, but it took a man to shape that gold into the candlestick. And the same holds true today that God ordains a man to shape his church to be light givers, to give the revelation of God to give the direction of the mind of God that you and I, rather than becoming a, a, the ingrown toenail on the, on the earth, uh, that we become givers of light. That requires leadership. That requires the man. God deals with us and shapes us to be light givers so that you and I could be a redemptive invasion upon the earth. That men are lost without God. Men are in darkness, as Brother Jeff uh, uh, preached last night. And you and I are called to invade that darkness uh, with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to, we have, uh, part of our being able to do that is a headship that we've been given that will facilitate that work in our lives. Amen. One question. Amen.
Amen. We would, we cannot say that simply because we have a, a cross on the front of our church, because we have pews uh, and we've got a Bible opened up uh, on a table that says, do this in remembrance uh, that we are the people of God. What determines the people of God are people who do the will of God, which is to bring light to the world. I, uh, we have to move into our morning service. We'll pick this up next week. Amen. Is there a significance in the position of the candlestick?